Thanks everyone for joining episode five of Callum Hughes and Undergrowth Presents Creative Minds. I'm joined today by Asher Robinson, uh, DJ and producer hailing out of the East End of London. So yeah, thanks for uh, joining me, mate. I appreciate your time, first of all. Uh, So it goes without saying, the the hottest issue at, at the moment and something that's needed to be addressed and discussed for a while is the the racial issues not just within the music industry but the wider society as well so before we go on to discuss obviously your achievements as an artist and your goals long term I was interested to discuss first of all that when we first started talking at the beginning of last year I think it was around then you were were you in Sydney or were you just heading out yeah so I was in Australia and then literally just posted the track out because I like I said I had nothing to lose and then um yeah he was like oh come play for us but I was yeah I was just in Sydney doing my own thing um but then I was meant to be back in a few months and that's when we was meant to talk again um so yeah that's when we talked yeah so I know that when we first spoke you'd already played in probably the most prestigious clubs near enough all of them in London before you headed out to Australia so I'm interested to to know about your experiences as a, as a DJ and probably more the negative things that you've seen in in the music industry, whether that's like the the clubs. Obviously, I know that you don't want to. I can understand specifically call out brands or venues because I'm sure each of them has their own issues. But I'm I'm more interested to know like kind of what you've experienced, either like directly or what you've seen in the past, and you feel that needs addressing going forwards. Um. I'd say look, in the last five years, I've I've experienced. Um, I wouldn't say I've experienced too much racism, but more of racism with little jokes here and there. Now, after a while, uh, when you've experienced so much of it, you just end up just, I guess, putting up with it, and it's something that you shouldn't be putting up with. Um, what's happened uh, currently, which has been really good, with what's happened, it, what it's done is opened up a can of worms where people of colour have been able to basically just stop and and just say that no this can't happen anymore um in the club land um i'd say like the issues i have i'd say there's not many black promoters in um well in london at least i don't know about the uk but there's not many black promoters i think that's a very big issue why are there not many black promoters um it's a question that's never been asked before now i've I work with, well, my, he's my manager now, doesn't necessarily do too much of the party, he's just taking a little break, but Melvin, um, he was uh, running, I'd say one of the, the it, was, it, was quite, um, it was quite substantial in London, called YMO. Now, with YMO, that, that event was run by two black people, so we had, we had Kieran um, and we had Melvin. Now, the issues we had, uh, well, I was I ended up being really good friends with him. I went to the party. There was an old club called Number Sixty Five, and um, yeah, I ended up being really good friends with him. And then as I became good friends with him, selling tickets for them, I ended up being a DJ, and um, that's why I was able to find out what the issues were mostly. And speak to Melvin, the issues a lot with with when they were trying to grow to different venues was literally hundred percent because they were black or just. It's mad how just like having a skin colour actually affected um, what 
opportunities you had as a promoter. Yeah. And I think, look, that's, that's only just one thing I noticed that was very substantial. They were signing very keen in the emails. They were like, okay, yeah, 100%, come and, come and check out the venue. And then they see that you're black. And then, oh, oh, oh. Do you feel like there's this assumption that because it's a black promoter that they will assume there will be trouble attached to the party because of the colour of their skin? Do you think there is that ingrained assumption that people will make as a venue owner or promoter? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because, like I said, it's, it's questions that are just being asked. Like, why? Why? If you look at the biggest parties, why are they not run by black people? Why? It's not. It's not even just saying, okay, cool, you are racist. It's just, like I said, we're here for discussion. Why do if you look at all the biggest parties, why are they, I, I? I don't think I can think of a party from the top of my head that actually has a frontman as a black person running the party. So I think 100%, like just because of the color of your skin, it makes a big difference in terms of how hard you have to work, and even in a in an industry that's already saturated and very hard to to break through you've got to break through even harder so yeah you can uh, just because of the color of your skin so yeah i think it's a very big factor 100 yeah and i really respect the point that you've made there about the jokes that are made and i've had the discussion with you and i've spoke to two of my close black friends who in the past I've had jokes never behind their back, never meant maliciously to their face. And it was an exchange of what you'd consider lighthearted banter, almost because it became somehow acceptable and normalised. And I think this is the most important time now is anything that I'm doing to try and educate myself as well as other people. I'm the first one to hold my hands up and say, I've not been perfect in the past. I've never, what I would personally say, and this is easy for me to say because I'm a white man, is what I don't see is crossing the line, but what I don't see is crossing the line may not be that way to yeah. someone of colour. And I think that's why it's really important to be the bigger man, hold your hands up and reach out to people who you feel like at the time it may have been considered a joke, but have that discussion. I've had discussion with, with, with two of my friends and I've said, really apologise if I ever offended you in the past. And they said, no, nah, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. I know you're not that way inclined, but I think it is really important for yeah. people to be mindful of when they think they're making what's considered a joke when actually really it's it's all right for us to say because we're not being subject to that from like day one of when you're growing up in society to yeah. basically basically your whole life and yeah. I think I think that's why you're seeing a lot of people now especially obviously white people that are getting on the defensive and saying all lives matter it's all political correctness gone mad it's like you but it's easy for you to say because you're looking out of the lens of, of your perspective because you've never yeah, had to experience yeah. it your whole yeah. your whole life. Yeah, and that's why they'll never understand. Yeah, that, that's 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 fine. That's fine that you'll never understand. But that this is why we now are are just explaining now what we're experiencing. Exactly. So you can you can you can come to some sort of level point, but you'll never be at a level where you'll fully understand because you're not the one that's experiencing it. No. So. And that's the whole point as well with with these podcasts as well, especially this one. I'm not going to sit here and say, I understand, Asha, I know, because yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, you, you can't say you know because you you haven't been in in that position. But when you were saying about the experiences of when you were actually, like, out with the nightlife, um, some of the 
interesting points I've seen people raise is about certain venues door staff policy and and the fact that clearly going forwards there needs to be really clear communication between your club owner your door staff and your event manager because if you're not seeing these things which I you, you will understand as much as I do on the night of a party because there's so much going on you've got you know your, your people on the dance floor who you've got looked after then you've got your vip then you've got your djs and your backstage you've got everything else it is understandably difficult to be able to watch the door like a hawk but that's where it's the same as policing you've got to have a decent recruitment process and make sure you're vetting out the right individuals that aren't going to have that assumption where if there's a black guy that comes to the door compared to a white lad that comes to the door. Why is it that you feel the need to do extra frisking? And like, I've seen people say they they felt like genuinely intimidated um, and embarrassed because their search is far more thorough than that of of a, of a white guy. And I think like going forward, if if there's reports, especially like I've, I've seen like reviews on Google reviews or Facebook pages where. If you're monitoring a Facebook page, which clearly you are, because if you've got the time to promote a party, you've clearly seen the review where people have complained. There has to be that discussion with the head doorman or the door staff to say, clearly there's a problem here because someone's taking the time to provide this feedback. And if you're just brushing it under the carpet, then then you're part of the problem because the, the warning signs are there and it's it's not going to go away, is it? So clearly there's, yeah. there's issues. But that's that's just that's just touching the surface. Like, um, yeah, yeah. What 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 would you say then? Apart from you know something that hopefully improves with there being more black promoters or people from um, minority ethnic backgrounds, in in terms of like London or when maybe you've been out in Australia. I know that um, there's there's been some pretty heavy stuff on Instagram the past couple of days about certain brands over in Sydney and and people are saying that basically there's there's certain promoters that are you know obviously of of privilege because they've been born into wealthy backgrounds and they're basically just taking the culture that was obviously created by your Frankie Knuckles your your Larry Levans your Omar S's your Jeff Mills and basically taking that using it for themselves and they're never really given a platform for 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 black artists or anything of my minority ethnic so have you have you seen that like firsthand or people have spoken to you about about that um in terms of that i haven't seen that like uh, me in sydney my my experience for me to want to go back so badly um shows that I actually had a good experience there. Um, I did experience some uh, racism, which I wasn't surprised about, but I thought, wow, I didn't actually experience as much racism as I thought I'd experience. Mm. So, like, just a basic one. Like, um, I was at this place called, I'm not going to call it the name of the place, but there's a place in Sydney near Bondi, and I went to the bar, and there's two levels, yeah, and there was it gets so busy inside that you have to queue to get to the top. Anyway, I'm queuing with my friends. Uh, we get near the front. And then I get accused of pushing it. So I never like look for trouble, especially with security, because you know what they can do? They can do whatever they want. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're white or black, they, they just do what they want. So I'm like, okay, call me, I'll wait. So he's like, no, you're going to have to wait a bit. So, so yeah, like I said, I'll wait. And then what happened then, um, it got like, I swear to you, it was like a good like five minutes. I was like, 
mate, it's been quite a long time now. Come on, like you're, you're taking a, you're taking a bit of a mick here. Anyway, he was so angry with me. He's like, no, you're staying here. You are staying here. I was like, okay, cool, mate. This is getting ridiculous now. Anyway, after going back and forth with for what felt like eternity, eventually the um, the actual manager came and said, why is the queue not moving? I'm like, because this guy is not letting me through. <laughs> she has to gra- literally grab me, yeah, and then pull me along, saying, look, just move on, while the other bouncer is trying to stop me from going through. Like, no, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> anyway, so then finally I, I get through, and he's so annoyed when I finally get through. He's literally so annoyed with himself. Um, and then he's arguing with the manager, and I just keep walking away, because I, I, what's the point of arguing with a bouncer? And then um, what then happened, I was with someone else, I was with another friend um, who is white, because in Australia, there weren't many bad people, let's be serious. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, what happened, I got to the top, and then there she was like to me, Ash, did, did, I, just, did I just see what I just thought, thought I saw? And then I was like, yeah, you did. And then she was like, oh, you're not going to complain to the manager, manager or something like that. I was like, listen, this is something. Hello, you there? I'm all good. I'm still here, mate. Yeah, I said this is something that is that is um, that is so normal. Um, what's the point of complaining? Like, this is something that that that, that literally is the norm for me. Where people will have um, uh, a grudge with me for for no reason, for no reason. Uh, so that just gives puts it into perspective in terms of what I, what we experience. Like, people don't understand as well, if you watch, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, all these old programs, or uh, programs with, with films with black people in it, like, they do jokes like, oh, yeah, let's hurry up to the movies before the black guy dies, because they say about in the movies, the black guy dies first. Yeah. And I swear to you, I swear to you, if you watch all the movies from back then, the black person always died first in the film. I know, man. You see what I mean? All the, these, like, subconscious uh, signs of racism... It's, it's, it's always been there. And this is what um, people are talking about. This is happening. This has been happening for 400 years. Mm. 400 years. And this is what we've had to deal with. And because I've just been so suppressed to it all, like, oh, this is just what we have to deal with. Like, this is what we have to do. It's, it's, been, it's been quite hard. But you, like I said, you just have to deal with it. But now we've had this opportunity where we can finally just express what we are going through. Yeah. It really is that deep. Like, I'll put another one into perspective for you. My last name, yeah, my name's Ashley Robinson, yeah? I'm from Jamaica. Uh, my grandma's uh, and my grandfather's name is McPherson, yeah? Those aren't Jamaican names. Irish, isn't it? <laughs> this, like, those aren't ja- Yeah, exactly. Robinson, McPherson, those aren't Jamaican names. And that what that is, I've got... So every single time I put my name down, yeah, that is the last name of the, the slave owner that owned my ancestors. Mad, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It goes deep, bro. That's what, that's what I was going to say. As soon as you said McPherson, that, that was my suspicions. But everything that I've studied in the past, when you said that surname, that that's where I thought the link would be. And it's when I put the status the other day, just drifting off slightly about Winston Churchill, I think there wasn't many people that could get on the defensive um about Winston Churchill because when you lay down clear facts about the fact that 
you know, you had concentration camps in Kenya under the British Empire, you know, the statements that he made about Gandhi, then you had like four million people die in the, in the Bengal famine, like countless things under British Empire rule. It clearly shows that in order to to get away from that ingrained racism within society, as soon as kids start primary school, you need to educate them as, as young as they can that, yeah, you know, the British Empire did yeah. did, did happen, but, you know, it wasn't all... It, clearly, a lot of it wasn't for the right reasons because, you know, you're, you're taking over people's land and you're enslaving people for your own wealth and financial gain. And I think the sooner that kids understand that when they're growing up the more acceptable they will be then when, when they meet, you know, someone such as yourself or, or, or any other black individual or anyone from a minority ethnic background, they'll be far more understanding about the generations of struggles that, that have occurred. And I mean, like I, I obviously studied history at GCSE, then A-level, and I was going to go on and study at a university. And even when I studied a particular topic, there was nothing as a subtopic within that that discussed like the contribution from black people or you know, how rather than the glories of the British Empire, it wasn't about the fact that, you know, there was probably millions of people, not even hundreds of thousands that were that were enslaved. And I think that that's part of the problem. It's this ignorance and just trying so it's like hide, hiding behind the realities of what we caused and what um, we basically we generated. Um, yeah. and, that, and that's the thing where it's like people always say it's like a famous saying something along the you know the, the history is always written by the victor um i said we're, we're not going to paint ourselves in a bad light we're only gonna act as oh well, you know look at how much we develop these countries he said yeah but at what cost like these people just wanted to do their own thing and you just roll in yeah. and and think you can you can do what you want and i suppose to be honest when you think about it it is like that in the music industry when you look at like house techno like the the founding fathers of these genres are black individuals but then you look at the the lineups of festivals things like that i think seth troxler was saying the other day on um a podcast he did with pete tong he was saying about you know the certain brands that will come up with this tokenism which which i disagree with because i think that certain brands they should have a moral duty because of their platform to say you know, this is what we need to do more of. But when you start saying we're going to have X amount of, of black artists, it's like, but why do you need to think about that? Like, why don't you, yeah. if you did your research and you looked at like where the roots of the music come from, you would automatically want to book those artists anyway. Yeah. And and I suspect you're probably the same, Like, you would want to get booked on meritocracy because of how much work you put in, in the studio or the amount of time you've taken to develop yourself as a DJ, you, you'd want to think, that's why I'm being booked, not thinking in the back of your mind, oh, am I being booked because this conversation has come about and it's it's because I'm black and I'm just being seen as the, the token artist on the lineup. I think that that's that's where you've got that fine line, is we don't want to go yeah. towards that, but, we, but especially the bigger brands need to be actively pushing an agenda, even if it's like, if it's not sharing a post saying, look at us, we signed five black artists to our record label or look at us, we booked a black headliner. Like that's not the direction you want to go down because it's like, well, yeah. you're not you're not doing it with good intentions and you're doing it to almost make yourself look good. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's why, that's why, for example, some people will disagree with me, but my, my personal view, like for people going, look, let's look at all the, the, the companies that are owned by black people and let's go buy some stuff like 
for me, like, I, I don't want people to go buy my music just because I'm black. It's nah, really, I know. Uh, oh my God, a black person just got killed, so let's go, let's go buy Ash's music because he's black. I want people to buy my music because they want to buy my music. Exactly. So that's the same thing. Where, when I'm seeing these tweets where people are like, oh, comment all these local black, com- uh, black uh, companies that you like. Like, I see the, the good intention, I really do. Yeah. But for me, why, like, I don't want, I don't want you buying it just because you're buying it to, to give us money. Do you know what I mean? It's basically like charity. Yeah. Like, charity's fine, but do you see my point? Yeah, you know, definitely. Or, or I'm a bit, I'm a self-employed person who's trying to get, get, get my money uh, from my hard work, not because I'm black. Do you see Yeah. You don't go, you don't go to, I know obviously it, it's not the same, but you don't go to a white company and go, oh, okay, let's go support the white people. Let's go, let's go, let's go buy their stuff even though we're not going to use it. Yeah. You know I mean, they, they wouldn't want that. So that's what I, that's what I believe, um, for sure, like, but yeah, go on, moving on. Did, did, did you find it difficult developing as an artist compared to your, like, other white counterparts? I know that you won't see it like that, you, you, I mean, I don't know whether you viewed it as though I'm going to have a more difficult job here developing as an artist and breaking through compared to another white artist who's maybe on the, on the same level as me. Did, did you ever find it difficult? I don't. I could never know because this is what systemic racism is. Is because it's where like where you, you've got that where people make decisions because of the colour of a person's skin. Skin, and I'll never know whether that's actually happened. You know? Yeah. But um, for 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 me, I'll be straight because I I've got a lot of white friends. I think that hasn't been too much of a factor. Um, I've, I I wouldn't say I'm one of the lucky ones, but it's because of where I grew up. I grew up in the water sports industry, basically. I'm yeah. an instructor and I do speedboating and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm working up even further in that. Um, and with that, that is so, like, there's, there's nothing more. There's no, like, I'm the only black instructor. There's only like three or four black senior instructors. In yeah. Canada, I think. There's really no black instructors or even black competitors. Um, so I haven't really had that kind of, thing in the way I feel like just because I've got loads of white friends around me mm. like oh he's got oh, okay cool he's a black guy but he's got loads of white people around him so that means he's safe do you know what I mean yeah so I've, I I would say I've never had that issue but I feel like it's just because I've had I've got a lot of white friends around me and I know that I've always known that but I haven't been able to say it because mm. when you say that just randomly people will be thinking oh he's quite he's quite bitter isn't he like he's thinking like or something like that. So I, I, unfortunately, I've just kept quiet and I've only spoken to my black friends about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. I do see where you are coming from though, because it, it logically it makes perfect sense. If you're moving in a circle that's predominantly white people, and then you know they will bring you in as it, it's more inclusive, then you. you you can't really argue with the fact that it's going to bring more opportunities because yeah. if you were moving strictly in a circle of, of black friends, then, you know, if you didn't have those, those, those contacts and things like that, I know it's the same in any walk of life, no matter what, you know, colour you are, the bigger your network, you, you more your net worth, you know, the, the, the nicer you are as an individual, the more people you meet, the, the more opportunities are going to come about. But like you say, I think it's, Maybe because, and like you've you've honestly said, and you don't mean it in a, in a bad way, that 
it, because of the circles you were moving in, it probably did help elevate you in in a way, yeah. which, which it shouldn't yeah, do. Sure. It should be based on your your yeah. passion, uh, which I'm sure, hopefully, you'd like to think, fingers crossed, that you would have been given those opportunities because you're passionate about, um, you know, the, the sailing and the speedboating. But it's like where I grew up, it was um, rowing was the main sport and goes without saying rowing it doesn't get any more oxbridge than than a boat race so yeah it's almost like when it's when it's dictated and when it's led by a group of white people it's almost like that obviously it's the same like you say with the with the parties as well if you've got um an event manager or promoter and and it's all white people unless unless they have lived maybe in like birmingham or london and they're forward thinking and they're into like multiculturalism they've got loads of friends from different backgrounds they're going to automatically think i'm going to book white artists that yeah. that yeah i think what it is as well even just to compare as well uh, just to uh, finish that subject is is that uh, for example like i said i've got loads of white friends around me and, and some people might might be like okay cool it, it, it might it probably isn't that but i think the reason why i think that has been a factor is because um if i if i be real and i look at loads of other black djs on the circuit there's a there's a lot of black DJs on the circuit that have mostly black friends, and because of that, they're not getting the same opportunities that I'm getting. Mm. I'm not saying I'm getting those opportunities. I'm still saying it's still very hard, but there's still a lot of black uh, DJs with black loads of black friends around them that aren't getting the same opportunities just because of that. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. It's mad. Like this is something that. That people that people need to, to to realize like sometimes it might even happen with um, promoters like the reason why they're not getting so many black djs on the lineup um that that really can can get the people going is because because they've got i don't know it's just something they might be used to you know what i mean yeah they never think about it they never think like they're just so subconsciously used to just like booking their friends who are white yeah they don't actually they, they just they they, they they kind of forget about um uh, the, the black DJs that are that are at the same level. Yeah. Higher, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a point there I, w- I was going to make about uh, the book I'm reading at the moment. I've shared it a couple of times. Is uh, by Rennie Aldo Lodge, uh, if I've pronounced it correctly. There, the uh, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race, and yeah. like you've said rightfully before, the fact that slavery especially with with black people has been going on for like 400 odd years um or or probably more um why are we having this convert everyone is the same end of see those are the those are the kind of comments when it's clearly like look i'll just say look this is what i'm saying it does take a lot of energy but the reason why we're having this conversation i don't you think i want to have this conversation we're having this conversation because of what's happened we have to we have to have this conversation. Of course, man. Unfortunately, because if we don't have this conversation and we keep going, everyone is the same. We're going to be in the same position. It's n- nothing's going to change, is it? Yeah, this is something we're doing to build, um, and and it, it all relates. It really all relates. Like like in terms of the music industry, the music industry was created to make people dance, have a good time. Yeah, and what is happening? We've got this poison of systemic racism in the system, which is actually holding. Uh, other artists back from, yeah. from creating people from, from letting people to uh, letting people express themselves on the dance floor and stuff like that so this, this is why we're having this conversation because we don't want to have this conversation yeah it's true that's that, the that, we're doing it so that 
that that's the last thing that I I wanted to do, man. I mean, I, I'd love to get you on here, literally, just to give you the exposure as as a talented producer, which obviously that's that's what I'm doing anyway. But the fact that the main topic of conversation has to be about race within the music industry and wider society, you know, the the, the conversation wouldn't be held unless it was necessary and it was of absolute relevance. But yeah, but because it's relevant, we have to talk about it. Exactly. It's mate. It's like being in a relationship. Like just to put it, like just for example, like if you're in a relationship with someone, yeah, you're not going to someone. Okay, cool. Look, we don't, why are we having this conversation? We shouldn't be doing this. You don't do that. You have conversations because you you need to get to some sort of level point. So exactly. And then that's how you progress. Yeah. Just like anything. And that's so, where um, where I feel that because it's so heavily ingrained in society, it it's almost like sadly the way that I look at it, it's almost like. I wouldn't say you inherit racism because it's like you're, you're not born a racist. I, I watched a really good video the other day where I think it was, um, I don't know if she was a, a white author. Um, I think she might have been a lecturer as well over in America. And she's like, you're not born a racist. It's like if you're in an environment where you're surrounded by narrow minded racist people, then all you do is is listen to their views and then you know, what you're reading in the media. This is exactly what, I, I, since I studied politics, I don't buy newspapers. I very rarely read the news as well because the, the, the racism is within the media 100%. You look at like Diane Abbott as a politician. She gets called out way before anyone else. If, if a white politician makes a mistake, it's kind of like, look at the amount of errors that Boris Johnson's made. And I'm not even a, a, non, not even a Labour voter or supporter. Um, and I don't want to go too far off into the world of politics because yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be here for hours. But, but 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 it's the point though of um, with education, it's going to take years and years. Like this is a conversation that will happen now, but the work is going to take years, and it will okay, never. Of re- course I'm, not. I'm just part of a chapter. Yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of people have just been passing by when these things have been happening two weeks of complaints going this is unacceptable for fellow black people and then what happens then you just get back to normal life and yeah what we're doing now it the reason why we're talking about it so much and the reason why we're keeping the, the momentum is so that we we progress and we don't just give in on this i'm not giving in on this anymore any nah. slight racial jokes it's not happening it's really not happening no nah. because, because i just want to I just want to have a good life for myself. Of course, and man. Just, and, and unselfishly as well, I want to make sure that fellow black people around me uh, have a good life around themselves too. Like, I, I, I want to be, be able to DJ around the world and not think to myself, is this country racist? I'm not going to lie, that's going to take a long time around the world, but at least we, we're just going to do it bit by bit. We're going to break, like, sort out of the UK, then we're going to, like, obviously work around it. Like, you know what I mean? Russia will probably be the last country. <laughs> But, I was th- yeah. I was thinking that you know when when I was thinking about the in an ideal world you know if racism ended but then sadly you think about your hard line not just Eastern Europe because you know geographically it's not just fair to to pinpoint them there's, you know, there's hard line racism in a, in a lot of countries but those kind of countries you think you might ma- you imagine trying to roll in there and educate people it would be be difficult man but um yeah. I'm, I mean, I think we've we've made some really good points, and I'm sure you'd agree. We 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 could probably we could probably talk for hours, but I, I wanted to discuss more now about your development and 
this is the thing is I, I don't want to refer to it as oh how, how are you getting on as as, as a black artist because it's not about the, the color of your skin it's how are you developing as a artist so as I was saying before, I remember when we first started speaking at the beginning of last year and I noticed that you'd already, you know, DJed at a fair few clubs and then obviously you were lucky enough to to play out in, in Sydney as well. Um, in terms of the success you had even primarily as a DJ, and I know that nowadays there's a lot more emphasis on being able to produce music in order to then get booked. Um, what, what do you think like a lot of your success was owed to and, and what kind of advice would you have for anyone trying to come through the ranks now okay so this is a, this is a good one so like I, I'm, I'm not someone who's been born um, with like that hard work trait I'd say a bit of talent like things that I can actually do well but you have to work hard at everything uh, and this is something that I haven't been taught like, so what is it yeah I I, I I'm grateful that this is happening now where people are actually looking up to me. But um, I'm getting a lot of DMs of people saying, how do you do this bass? How do you how do you do your clap? How do you, like, in terms of, like, I realise it's, it's, it's just, just put it, for, for me, it's the, the simple advice is just put time into it. It's so vague and it's something that was very annoying for me uh, when I was starting to produce. But it's so imperative that you um, uh, you just put time in. You yeah. Have to put time in. That 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 really is. That's that. There's no secret to it. Like me as a producer right now, there's so much that I do not know. There really is so much that I do not know, and I, I know that, and I know where I'm at in in terms of my journey. But the reason why I'm able to now start putting some good music together that I actually like is because I've been putting the time in, and that's literally yeah. it. So so so. My my advice, this advice I think is people are only willing to take on board if, yeah, they're only willing to take on board when they're ready to take on board. Because yeah. when, I wasn't, when I wasn't ready to take that on board, I was constantly, for example, one of my good friends, Ants, he, he's, he's been um, producing shorter than me, but he's been more consistent. Mm. And I was always asking him, I was like, Ants, how, how, are you, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? But then he was like, mate, just time just yeah. around. And it was so frustrating. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put the time in and let's see what happens. And this is what ha- what has happened. Like, um it that's that's my advice is just keep going, put time in. Um like just to put into perspective, um last year, so when I just got back from Australia, I didn't know what would be happening with the with the DJ like I, I the reason why I went to Australia, my mum passed away the year before. Yeah. So I, I kind of basically went to Australia because I thought I need to change the environment. It was getting towards winter and all that stuff. Um, and DJing wasn't a priority. But anyway, I got back and then I got an email from uh, Jamie Jones's PA. And then he was like, uh, she was like, oh, can you send this track? And that's when everything changed for me. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, wait a second. If, if, I, if, if I'm getting an email from like a guy I look up to like big time asking for a track then if I just stay consistent I must be onto something yeah um so I think the hardest bit is starting off because at the start you have no one fighting your corner Mm. you have no one like no one's supporting you because you 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 haven't done anything so you just need to believe in yourself that's the main thing having confidence in yourself that you're going to progress with the production 
Um, but yeah, with the production as well, like I said, I still don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. <laughs> no, no, I, sw- I swear, I don't know what I'm doing. You seem you seem to be doing all right then so far because I, I I listened to your release on Distance Music and if you're a guy that doesn't know what you're doing then I'd like to see what you're producing when you do know what you're doing. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Like, like literally, just it really is just playing around, having fun. Yeah. Um, I really I like I, this is what I do. Like I just get my laptop, I just get on it even when I'm not feeling like it. I try to put some samples down, whatever, plug in, and then I just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 the time. I think that's what it is, is I think nowadays it's something that I've probably touched upon on every podcast that I've done. It's because people spend that much time on social media and they compare themselves to others. Because when you're not with someone in person, you're comparing yourself to someone online. And when you're constantly watching someone else, who they may not even really be... They may, not yeah. even, they may not even really be progressing that much. It's because, obviously, on social media, everyone puts the best bits of the highlights of their life. They're going to big themselves up more than actually really what they've achieved. And you're constantly doubt yourself. But the, the best thing to do is, and some of the producers I'm seeing that are making a lot of progress, if you're really disciplined and, and you take it seriously, then, you know, you'll, you'll put your phone away and, you, you know, you'll get in a studio and you'll literally just experiment. And yeah, I, I, I recommend... Whoever's listening, please, yeah, like not please, but this is what I did when I got really frustrated and I was looking at other people, same level as me, getting progression with production, comparing. I was like, right, I need to just delete Instagram. I deleted Instagram for at least a month. Yeah, it's quite hard. Yeah, but but when you delete when you delete Instagram, you forget about everyone else. Yeah, it's true. Forget about everyone else, you've got time to put into you got you got time to put into yourself. Like it, it, that's what it is. It's about focusing on yourself. Yeah, um, and, and when I started focusing focusing on myself, that's when I really started feeling like I was enjoying this. Yeah, that's what it is because you're competing with yourself. You're not competing with like, oh man, this other guy. Like, like for example, I'll be I'll be real with you. Yeah, um, you know Rossi. Rossi. Yeah. Is, Rossi, we started at the same point. Like, he he's he's like, look at him. He's massive. Yeah. And as his production got better, um, and. I still was like in the same position. I was comparing, thinking, why is, Russ, why, is, why is Russi making so much so much progress here?" And, and I'm just like still sat here getting paid fifty quid a set. <laughs> that that stuff is not good for the mentality. Nah, it's not good for the mentality. It really isn't. And 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 now it's about being happy for people. When you're happy for people that are progressing, I swear to you, everything's so much easier. It's true, man. Um, Definitely. So, so much easier. Like, well, keep talking. While you're talking, I'm going to get my laptop and I'm going to show you guys a track, the first track I ever made with uh, uh, Ants. And then you guys will laugh when you hear it. One second. See, and I was going to ask you later on who are your producers to watch and I know Ants is probably going to be top of the list. Yeah, 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 for sure. So not even to be biased, like I said, just, just based on how, um, just how we play around and we... Yeah, we just don't do anything technical. We don't we don't go, okay, what key are we going to make the track in today? Like, we just literally just make music. When you do that, everything will be so much easier. Um, but yeah, no, 100%. In terms of producers to watch, in terms of who's coming through, uh, my friend Sukasa, uh, they're Piv London residents. Yeah, Sukasa and Next Level, man. I've, um, when Fleur played 338, in September 2018 that was the first time that I met French and Aston and they were warming up the terrace and 
like me, this is not me being big-headed because you know, there's a lot more people out there that are music heads, but straight away I looked at them and I was like, young lads, vinyl, respecting the warm-up next level. And then I started chatting to them yeah. and we were having banter and then kept in touch with them ever since. I said, I definitely w- want to book them because they are serious yeah. selectors, man. They're making some nice beats yeah. as well. Yeah. So, Sakasa, um, uh, what is it? Wait, you know what? I've got record box in front of me. I've had, I've had like, the pleasure of people sending me some great music. James, Saunder, uh, James Saunders, have you heard of him? Whereabouts is he from? Oh, I don't know where he's from. He's, he's from, a guy from like, somewhere. He followed me. But anyway, I saw that he did a no art guest mix. Okay. So I checked him out. And I was like, James Saunders, do you want to send me some music? And he sent me some ridiculous beats. So, James Saunders, ridiculous like no joke I, I, you right i'm writing these down for the next undergrowth yeah. headline is no, no, you literally you'll see you'll see yeah a couple of weeks james saunders um who else we got who else has sent me my, uh, music just taking a look oh so he's from australia melbourne uh, he ends up being a good friend of mine uh jordan brando so jordan brando like he's doing so well in melbourne he like supported jamie jones sick um Yeah, more yeah. good. Yeah, the music that he's making, yeah, the music that he's making and, and that he's he's sent me now is 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 ridiculously good. Um, so yeah, he's a good friend that I'm looking forward to linking up with. I'm gonna be doing a mix for him, so that mix will be coming out next week. Um, nice bit of self promo there, Rasha. Snuck it in. Yes, geezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a couple more like Artman. Artman's really good. Um, he's from um, Amsterdam. Uh, I think it's from Amsterdam. If not, it's from the Netherlands. Um, They've yeah, got some serious artists, man. The, the the Dutch for me, like with Piv and no, and no Art, that I think at the moment yeah. they're setting they're setting the bar very high at the moment. That's like the benchmark. Yeah. You look at No Art and Piv. If you're producing that kind of sound, that's the label that now, as as well as your likes of Fuse, that yeah. artists really want to release on because of the quality and the yeah. consistency of the music that gets released. You said about the um, about that label being high and that a lot of producers what they do they end up trying to make stuff that sounds like that label. Yeah. Biggest mistake you could do. I say this to all the artists that I I deal with, man. I say that when when you're making a track, don't make it for a specific label in mind because yeah, what? Don't do it for a label. Nah, definitely not. Because because that's what I've never done. Like like I know I've got a sound that sounds quite current, but. I was never actually making anything where I was thinking, right, I've got to make what's what's the thing. Because I think about it, I've been producing for five years. Imagine if I was making what was the sound five years ago, got used to it, and then, like, where would I be? You yeah. I mean? But where, whereas if you just literally just make dance music and just try to get people dancing and stuff like that, um, you'll always be able to stay current because you've got your own style. Yeah. Even if it's just a, even if it's just a slight adjustment, it's like it, it 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 doesn't have to be anything special. It could be just like oh, you use a hi hat in a different way. Yeah. That's how people recognise you sometimes. Yeah. So it's just about not overthinking it, enjoying it, and making sure you're not making what the current labels are making. Yeah. It's so important. Because I, I I've come across DJs and I I'm never the kind of person to to call anyone out because there are people out there who use engineers. Um, personally. I don't really agree too much with the whole ghost production thing. I think nowadays, if you really want, if you really want it that bad, 
and you want to legitimately put your name to something, then you need to sacrifice the time and, and dedicate it and, and, and experiment. And I know people say, oh, well, I'm busy with this and I'm busy with that. And it's like, yeah, but, but people find time to do things that aren't a priority. But if you really wanted it that bad, then, then you would make those sacrifices. But I just wanted to pose a question to you. Alfie Reeves has asked, I'm a bedroom DJ and going to a music college. Uh, do you have any tips? Bedroom DJ. Um, any tips? Look, uh, it, for me, if you're a bedroom DJ, like it, once again, it goes down to. Oh, you there? Yeah, you there. Um, yeah, once again, once again, it goes down to just having fun. Um, if you're a bedroom DJ and you want to look to play in the clubs, how um, how that worked out for me? What I did in the end, I actually um, uh, I was going out on nights out, and all I was doing was just introducing myself and myself as a person yeah. as a musician if you're a bedroom DJ what you need to do you need to do that hard work go into these nights up and then introduce yourself to these promoters because there's so many people I know where they're like I've been doing this for this long and I haven't got anywhere the reason you haven't got anywhere in terms of um, DJing is because number one you're not putting the time in it's not just this but the main one would be you're not putting the time in with the production Yeah. And number two is that you're not you're not I don't care if you live in like Kent or whatever, you're not doing these trips to central London to go meet these uh, promoters that would book you. Yeah. You've got to do those two things. You have to. Um, so that, that if you're a bedroom DJ, just like I said, have fun with what you're doing, but you, you need to make sure that when this lockdown is all over and the clubs are back, that you're going back to um, uh, the clubs in central London and you're introducing yourself because they need to know who you are. Yeah. How are you going to get your music out there if they don't know who you are? Exactly, and I think that that's a recurring theme of anyone that uh, I've spoke yeah, to. Advice, anyway. Anyone that I've spoke to, well, and that's. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'll give you this. I know must speaker it was playing that, but just to put it into perspective, you can, you'll hear how bad the drums are. This is the first ever track that I made with Ants. <laughs> Welcome to part three. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. It's about networking and getting yourself, um, get yourself known as as well as making your music. Because if you're not making, you can't. There's so many producers out there that are unreal, um, and they're not they're not networking enough. That's simply what you've got to do. But like, there's a track that I made what four years ago. Yeah, you can't hear the bass line. It's gonna play from my laptop. Yeah, but just to understand how bad it sounds. It's the first ever track I made with Ants. And, and yeah, I'm never going to show it again. Yeah, but, but that's the whole point though. Everyone has to start from somewhere, don't they? Like, you're only going to get better the more time you put in. Yeah, you see how bad that is, yeah? That's the first ever track I made. That wasn't the track that Jamie Jones asked for, was it? Oh, God, the first one. 
know. But yeah, that's the first ever track I made with my friend Ants four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and that that just shows that you, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like you know, people go, oh, "This guy's a wizard." No, this guy's been making <laughs> that is very bad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know. Maybe close to your data, your 4G. That might be a bit quicker than your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Not okay, sure. But yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, but yeah, moving on. Yeah, all good. So, I think yeah, just just to just to add what you were saying there, I think like so so many people will you know send like a SoundCloud mix to a page or someone's profile and if someone doesn't get back straight away they assume they're being rude and it's like you have to make that face-to-face connection not just anything as well when you when you send a mix it's it's very generic like it's you just become another dj and 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 unless you're like a really talented selector or you're mixing vinyl or something like that and that's what one of our residents for undergrowth jordan masters was saying the other day unless you've got your own sound now because there's that many people that want to be the next big dj you, you have to be a producer as well which i think is fair enough like if it's been more and more saturated i like a couple of that jordan masters is um tracks i i, I checked I, I was going through soundcloud and he, is he one of your residents yeah he's one of our residents yeah okay yeah because um i was literally just um what was i doing i was just you go through soundcloud and you know the, the algorithm yeah he just he just commented <laughs> he just commented yes yes oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All good. Connect, connecting yeah, the dots. That's what you should be doing. That's what it is. It's just about just being a nice person. And I, I'm, honestly, as I get bigger, I don't want to ever have this kind of um, this kind of ego. I, I really hate it. It's something that I've experienced, and it's something that I don't want anyone to experience from me. Yeah. I want people to always talk to me, and like I, I have people messaging me, and they're so surprised that I reply. And I'm so like, I'm like, why? Are you I know. Yeah, it's true. These people respect you, and then you can't even send them a reply or even a like in the comments. So that's something that I hope that um, I never have as I progress. Like, I don't know if it's just some sort of thing that happens where they're just so busy that they can't reply to these Yeah. People, I think a lot of it is busyness, but unfortunately, I'm sure we'd both agree that there are egos within, within the industry. I yeah. think I've, I've seen people, they'll have like one or two like fairly like half decent bookings and then all of a sudden they they don't want to know you and I'm like that's definitely not the way to go about things man and I think times like this especially show that if you've been a bad person and you've mistreated people and you've burned bridges people are very quick to say now or that let's put our differences aside let's work together it's like yeah but you didn't want to know in a normal world so I get that you know it's not a matter of you know, sinking to their level and maybe playing the card now and being like, oh yeah, but now is now it's now it's my turn to play that on you. It's not like that, but I think people will remember and you know that they'll have that memory where you know when when people have been mistreated in the past and you you, you can understand that it's not about holding grudges, but I think it, it's times like these will definitely show. Um, 
where you know if you if you've been a good person then it, it does it does pay dividends for sure but i just wanted to um to come on to your release on distance music because that that performed really well and, and rightfully so and what i liked as well is that like, even though you say it it's got that you know flavor that is hot at the moment but it's still got a strong element of originality and it's clearly like your sound it's not replicating anybody else and i did notice especially the tracks you sent me previously in terms of your sound it's quite like fast pace high tempo and you know you incorporated some really nice vocals as well from like your old school like garage uh old school garage kind of era and you know like old school house as well so would you say as well as experimenting um you know especially like culturally you know with with your background with your family and then with you growing up in london as well would you say like the influence in terms of the music you make is a combination of like growing up in London and then the sounds you're exposed to when you're growing up, or is it just more literally you you experimenting and seeing how you get on? Uh, I I think a hundred percent the way it is to do is to do that. I grew up in church. Like some people, I don't think many people put that in their bio that they grew up in church. But the reason I put that in my bio because it's it's such a big influence. It really is. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Like even even how when I make some certain things with the clap, like in church like they had like the tambourine and like they had the snare which is kind of similar to what you've got in house music and i love the kind of like offbeat snares and all that kind of stuff it proper got me going so yeah the same thing that kind of resonated where i've been able to move that into house music where i just want the stuff to just sound groovy make you feel happy yeah sometimes dark but yeah just just mostly happy and smiling but um yeah it's just it what it is it's, it's because of church it's because of church it's something you've got to talk about your history in terms of where uh, to to kind of recognize where you are and where you're going to um and that's the speak such a big big factor uh, such a big big factor i love listening to gospel music yeah i like i love i love going to church unfortunately the most times i've been to church in the last three years is because of funerals for families yeah um, but <laughs> when i do it's still great gospel music and yeah man gospel i, I, I could continuously shout about that but that is what's yeah. And I, wa- I kind of want my music to still have some sort of like, I hate to kind of use this word, but it's true to have it called like this kind of blackness in the music where it, it's just funky. Yeah. I just want, that's, that's what I, I want in it. Um, so that's what that's that's what I'd say is happening. I'm kind of integrating what the current sound is at the moment, but then I've got um, the roots of the church music. Yeah. Just loving funky stuff. Uh, resonated into that, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why I've got kind of like the drive of. That's why I've kind of got the drive of tech house, but then I've got like the softness of minimal or deep tech. Yeah. Um, because because it's it's a really nice feel. I don't know why I love it. I, I love having a nice baseline which just gets me right in the heart. Yeah. And the soul. Um, but then you've got the softness of some sims on top. It's quite nice. Yeah. So Lisa, the advice for everyone is you've got no excuse not to go to church because when you leave an afters, the church the church is open, so you go straight from an afters to church, so you can educate you can educate yourself whilst you're still awake. <laughs> At least then you can um, get the sit get your sins out anyway as soon as you come from an afters.
I've been able to get past this this barrier of frustration and feeling like I'm not getting anywhere with, with production. Yeah, I can now say I didn't realise I had a sound until, or I didn't acknowledge I had a sound until probably like two months ago. Yeah. Um, I've had so many, I've had so many messages of uh, people going like, yeah, let me tell you when I actually recognised that or acknowledged that I had a sound. Actually, it was when. I posted a video, I think, like six weeks ago, of um, Prunk playing one of my songs. Yes, I seen that video the other day, man. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know one of them that that video was about because that was played back in February. Mm. Prunk, Prunk, uh, he's such a cool guy. I played with him in November in the district in Leeds, and then uh, he loved my set. And then he messaged me in February. Um, he saw I put a status of my release. He was like, "Hey, mate, send your masters of your release. I want to play them." So like that just shows how much of a nice guy he is. Yeah, yeah. I sent it, it to him, not thinking he'll play it. Next thing I know, I'm seeing on the stories that he's played, like, uh, Compassion. But I didn't realise he played um, my other one, Mushroom, as well. Sick. So anyway, that, I didn't know that video was about at all. And then, um, yeah, I, 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 I randomly, it's all about beats, which is the party I was going to play for, or I will be playing for. They posted a video and I was like, mate, where did you get this video from? I didn't even know this was about <laughs> <laughs> like, Anyway, he was like, oh, it's on this uh, this this Dutch page. But sent me another another person sent me like a similar video going, hey mate, um, uh, sorry, Lisa distracted me. I'll get <laughs> Really, yeah, but that's really good though, man. It shows that like you have your own individual sound because I think I've been sent music by artists before and the actual track is good, but when you're sent a track and straight away it makes you think of another artist, that's when that's when you think, you know, even if you're unintentionally replicating someone else's sound because that's what's hot at the moment, like yeah. you're never gonna have longevity as an artist if you know you're just you're going. People, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because you've, you've absolutely nailed it. I think if I was uh, saying anything, I'd just be pretty much reiterating what, what you've already said. But um, yeah. the, the, the last point I wanted to discuss was a, I was speaking to Mark. 
was speaking to Marvin yesterday and the day before. Re- really nice guy. Obviously, you mentioned he was running um, YMO, yours, mine, ours. Oh, Melvin, Melvin. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. And me and Melvin don't look alike. Let's be real. Me and Melvin do not look alike. But we'll go out, and just because there's a black guy wearing a YMO top, they go, What, my name's Melvin? Isn't apologise anyway. No, no, you don't need to apologise. It's, it's just, it's, this is all like, it's just bringing it to, to, to the surface so people understand. Yeah, yeah. Up, like, come on, me and Melvin do not look the same, and people go, Melvin? Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, man. But um, in, in terms of the management um, with uh, him, I know that obviously that's a sign that you're ready to take like, the next step in your career um, as an artist. But um, yeah, in terms of like your releases on, on labels and venues you want to play and the relationship you've got with your manager as well, I know obviously a lot of the, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, the relationship with an artist and a manager is obviously very to close book until you're ready to kind of let the project out. But what what is it you're kind of working on at the moment? What's your kind of like goals within the next couple of years? So in the next couple of years, um, it's quite straightforward. Obviously, I know it's hard, everything's hard. I've accepted that. But I just want to keep it simple. Um, I just want to make music that I enjoy. I want to keep happy. I don't want to be thinking so much about the money. I know that will be coming an issue in the, the back like future, like late future, but I want it to just be about the music as much as possible. I really, really do. For someone that um, that uses music as an escape, I don't want it to end up being something that I'm trying to escape from too. Yeah. So the the next the next couple of years, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to basically I'm just making as much music as possible. I'm not stressing about it, but um, just getting the folder up. Uh, I'm not thinking about labels because. That will come. Yeah. So I'm making much music, especially with this quarantine period. Um, just preparation, you see. And um, I've had some amazing queries come in in terms of like different countries uh, for DJing. So, like I said, I just want to be prepared where I've got the music to back up. Yeah. My skill, because I can DJ. Because I was a DJ before a producer. Yeah. Um, so it's just what I'm trying to do is just um, is get my, my production. It, it's still gonna, It's never going to be ready. Never. Never. But yeah. Have a good folder of music, and then I'm going to be tackling trying to get myself international. I think a good folder is a really good point there. Um, sorry to interrupt slightly. Is I think there's there's too many there's too many artists they'll up and comers will produce one or two tracks and then they'll sign it to a label but then but then you're but then you're placing even if you sign it to a good label you're placing unnecessary pressure on yourself because then if you sign to a good label and then you have no backup tracks it's like the artists that that i work with like one of them's um they produce more progressive house like melodic stuff but um but it's good because some of their music is quite commercially appealing as well but we're, we're saying to them that until you get to about 12 to 15 tracks then send out batches of EPs because you want to constantly have a backlog, a decent catalogue of music to take that pressure off yourself as an artist. So yeah. I think it's a really good point you made there. That's 100%. It's like a lot of people, like, one thing, I don't know if anyone's watching who's been just started producing in quarantine, but obviously 100% do your own journey. If you feel ready, you feel ready. But to be letting out tracks after three weeks of producing 
Yeah. Yes. Like, to be letting out tracks after three weeks of producing, what you're... Are you really doing... You've got to ask yourself, I'm trying to be real with you here. Are you really doing this for the reason of of, of yourself? Mm. Are you really doing this to, to, to progress with your music? Or are you doing it so that you have people come and go, oh my God, really... It's true, track. man. It's really true. Track. You see what I mean? So, uh, I want... I don't know who's watching it. Like, I really hope someone is watching it that is producing and just started. But if you just started, man, you need to take your time. Don't do it. Like, I spoke to, uh, I'm not going to say I spoke to about it, but like, something that, that really, I, I feel like in my opinion as well, is something is an effect in terms of mentality. It's letting edits out. Yeah. If you, know, if, you know that you can't, if you know that you can't, an edit is something that you're meant to be doing because you love that original track and you want to use it kind of for DJing. You don't want to do it, you're not doing an edit to get clout. So you need to ask yourself, are you doing the edit to to, to basically, yeah, for yourself, or are you doing it because you want to try and get 100,000 plays on SoundCloud and 500 followers? Yeah, so that's true. I think, like, you need to just be, I say, I say to a lot of people, I say to my, my friends as well, people that are coming up just like me, that are sending me music, and I'm like, bro, I love these edits, but where are your originals? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's true. Definitely. Bear with me just one more to the lair. There's been no action in this gaff for fucking months. Now I swear done, even even with these live streams, if you if you start on like eighty percent, your battery just gets absolutely rinsed. So obviously me got dead Wi-Fi, dead phone. I think that's the whole point, man. It's it's not it's definitely not rambling. It, it's all really important points and, and information that, that's relevant to anyone that's either just starting out of the industry and, and is looking to or maybe looking to go to that next level. And so on the on the point of, of management and with uh, Alicia being in the chat as well, I saw that when she was on the virtual music conference, uh, she mentioned the importance of, you know, if management approach you or even if you know your your manager um and the same with the booking agent as well is it's really important to know that 
you know they're the right one for you um and, you know and, and especially as well because you can have a really good manager but unless you have that personal relationship with them as well you know that that's who you're going to spend most of your time with when you're not producing in the studio you're constantly batting ideas back and forth if you don't get on with your manager i think it's all well and good you're making a lot of money but if you're not happy and you're not in the in the right mindset and you haven't got you know good mental health then you know it, it's, it's not a positive career is it even if you are making good money so i think that was a, a really good point that she made and i was interested to know obviously um with um melvin uh be, 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 being your manager and um, how did that kind of relationship come about was that like natural progression or yeah so so um yeah with what alicia said 100 percent. like i'm not an expert because i haven't had an agency yet but what i do know um from what i've seen from djs around me is that sometimes a manager or the wrong agent can really ruin your career yeah ruin your career um i've had i had a friend that was meant to play a sick wicket out of london yeah and the reason why the booking didn't happen is because they tried to overcharge themselves uh, well, the management tried to overcharge themselves. Mm. Yeah, um, and and because of that, that then ruined an opportunity for them. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. Yeah. But that ruined an opportunity for them. So the reason why, for example, for now anyway, do I really really need a manager now? No. But it really helps when you've got another person for advice. So mm. being my best friend, that someone I've met back in 2014. He, who, who am I going to trust more than Melvin? I'm not going to trust anyone. You can be my manager and you can help take the load off, like the awkwardness of asking for fees and all that stuff. Yeah. It really, really helps having someone like that. And, and, and also, it helps with promoters taking you a bit more seriously where they're contacting someone else to arrange uh, a booking. Yeah, it's true. Like, it really helps. So, yeah, it, it's just that Mel is my good friend. Um, so I just wouldn't want anyone else as a manager. I wouldn't want it, I wouldn't want a management company. Like even though Callum, you're a great, great guy. <laughs> if, you, if you said the end, let me manage you. I'd be like Callum, mate. I love your company and that, but it's not that. <laughs> Honestly, mate. Ah. So killing me, so, killing me, here, brother. Money <laughs> <laughs> joking, man. obviously it's only a, a bit of banter is it like you can have a good relationship with someone but different management styles work for different people as as well and yeah. I think this when I was at a conference not that long ago in Liverpool there was a lot of people that were asking oh you know like what, what I think there's, there's people that assume they need a manager a lot earlier than what they do I mean you can spot talent like before someone even starts producing if you can recognize someone's a very good DJ and you think 
with my contribution and with me batting ideas back and forth and with me being there as a support mechanism and motivating them, if they then turn their hand to production, I think this artist has the potential in time to to go to the next level. And I think that's what a lot of, like, especially like if you're just a DJ and you're not really willing to commit that time, how are you going to expect someone to sacrifice their time and and commit as manager if you're not, you know, willing to, to be open to, you know, not just criticism, but, you know, be, being told, you know, that this is what you need to do if you want to go to the next level. No, it's, it's all it's all good, man. But yeah, I, I just think that th- those are really important points nowadays with like management and agencies. Is if you have management as well as an agency, the the, the trust is absolutely imperative because I've had an artist approach me. I've had an artist promote approach me before asking for advice. Obviously, I have to be very careful because I I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I my artists are my artists. If you have an issue with your management and your agency, you need to speak to them. Like it's not for. I will give light-hearted advice, but I will never comment on on a, on an agent's ability or a manager's ability because I don't have the right to do that and I don't yeah. see the full picture. But the point that you made about it wrecking an artist's career is because you will have some, not all, because I've had personally really good experiences dealing with booking agents and I'm not going to tar them all with, with the same brush, but you will have some because of that mentality of let's try and get as, as much um, money as possible. Money um is yeah if you if you you know damage you know a, an artist's reputation and i've seen like some like the, the the artists that approached me alicia just said they uh, they didn't have management they just had their booking agent but i think because of some people's confidence and not wanting to be potentially removed from the roster it, there's there's sometimes that uh, reluctance to want to be open about like how much are you asking these people for fees? Like why why is there such an inconsistency? And I get that it you know probably is is difficult because it doesn't matter if you're a male artist or a female artist. Like if if you don't feel completely comfortable, when surely that tells you that maybe you don't have the right booking agent or the right manager. If you don't feel comfortable having that conversation and saying you know a promoter's come to me and they don't want to book me because you've gone far too high with not just the fee but the the booking fees and everything. I think. Hopefully that's what we're going to see an improvement in. And like I say, definitely not me, you know, um, pigeonholing all agents because there's some absolutely amazing agents out there. I'm sure it only applies to the minority, but hopefully that will change in a post-COVID-19 world where, you know, there's going to be a lot more cooperation and, uh, you know, a lot more communication between agents, managers and and promoters. Because if the money's not there, then I I had a chat with Wilf who's um, part of um, Alicia's management company. Uh, he's like co-owner of Lost and Found and Hideout. And he said, well, the reality is the market dictates the value. If the money's not there because the recession's going to be that bad, how are you going to expect promoters to cough up ridiculous fees? So hopefully the music scene will go yeah, back that's to... That's what I was saying. When this first started, I was really, I was quite optimistic about that because there's, there's, there's so many great DJs that have, Unfortunately, the agency are overpricing themselves um, to, 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 yeah, that, even as Alicia said, you don't know what your, uh, your agent is putting out. 
oh, oh, if you don't know. But yeah, that's that's the issue. Sometimes yeah. they don't know that. And, and then what's happening, then they, they can't play at these clubs and they don't realise the truth that they mean. Uh, but just quickly, there's a point you made in between that point, yeah, which was about DJs uh, not putting their finger out to produce. That's what happened. That's why it's that. Um, I, I think <laughs> I think I think that is I, I get that a lot as well I have a lot of friends as well uh, that are DJs and they haven't started producing yet it's like oh yeah I need to produce I need to produce Ash I'm, I'm not going to lie to you uh, for some, I, I like tough love and my tough love is like, like I don't have time if you don't want to if you don't want to do it don't be telling me you need to do it yeah I think that's the problem is there's people out there now who who want who want like the the, the the big fees and the you know the the private jets and the five-star hotels but you need to put years of working to get to that position man No, it's fair, it's fair enough, man. Because I think I've I've been guilty of that in the past, where I've I've tried to to help people. That's not me bigging myself up at all, but you try to help people, and sometimes they don't want to know. And I just think, well, I'm wasting my time. Like, what? Why am I gonna, you know, try and you know help someone if if they're not interested or they're like dismissive or ignorant? Um, and it's not me being patronised. They say, no, you need the help. It's just trying to offer a bit of advice. And don't get me wrong, like I'm I'm 25 and you know, I've still got a hell of a lot to learn, man. But you know, if you if you're trying to help someone and you know, like I say, they're they're being dismissive. They've got to then... show signs, bro. They've got they've got to show signs to you that they're serious. They yeah. To show signs. Like, and this is the best way. Uh, what I do now, when I when I first, it doesn't matter who it is, when I first have a conversation with them, yeah, I um, they go, they might say, okay, I need to produce, okay. And what I'll do, um, I will be like, okay, cool. I tell you what, I'm free next week. Why don't you come to my come to my my house or my studio, and then I'll show you some stuff. If they don't come on that day, then they're, they're not serious. I don't say nothing to them. I yeah, yeah. To them. I have, and, and, and I 
promise you, unfortunately, eight times out of ten, they're not serious. They end up not doing it. Yeah. They end up not doing it. So it is a lot of energy, especially for someone like me who's still trying to come up myself. Yeah. I'll help you out, but I only have time for people that are serious. Yeah, it's so true. That's, that's the way it is. Definitely, man. But a great conversation, isn't it? Yeah, I know, man. It, it's it's all good, but um, I think I think that's pretty much everything, brother. Yeah. I mean, um, really appreciate you. Have any questions in the comments? If anyone has any questions in the comments, I would love to answer some. Um, get maybe give them a minute because I'm sure people. If while I'm while pe- if if anyone is asking, but what I'd like to say myself is, if anyone, if anyone had like wants help. Um, don't be scared to, to, to message me yeah because um, so many times like I said earlier if, if people like when I reply people are like oh my god you actually replied I know like, yeah I am no one I'm just a normal human I'm just wanting to, I just want to play music have fun playing music travel the world because of it and that's it so I'll never I'll never ignore people just because you are a normal person like, I know we're all the same but that, that's what I was about to say, is we, we are all the same. And I think the situation that we're in now with, with COVID has really exposed that, is when you take away, you know, the, the, the status and the lifestyle and everything else. And that's not me um, saying in a smug way, oh, look look at you now, you're not, you weren't what you once were. But when you take everything away and, you know, when you're in lockdown and things like that, is you realise that we're all connected in one way or another. And... There's just, there's just, there's just no need for it, man. I just think like it's, a, it's a very sad existence. If you want to spend your whole life, you know, only moving in certain circles and only making time for for certain people, it's just, it's just not, it's just not a, a good way to be, man. It's not a matter of thinking, oh yeah, if if I make time for this person, oh you know that that might help me later on down the line. It's just thinking yeah. like there's no harm in in being a bad person so how long did it take you before you really felt like you're getting the taste of develop, developing your own sound yeah so i don't i don't know if you, jamie i don't know if you tuned in earlier but the, i said the, what what happened is that i was only just making music um and i wasn't thinking about creating my own sound so i think i don't know if other people with their sound will say this but how long did it take so I started producing in 2015 in about September and I had Max Chapman, I went to his studio and he was helping me a lot. And so from then to now, but I have been very inconsistent until last year. So let's say realistically in the last five years, I've only really been doing two years of consistency. Um, so let's say for me anyway, bear in mind a couple of months ago, I started acknowledging I had my own sound. How long's that? What a year and a half? A year and a, yeah, so basically a year and a half of consistency. Yeah. When I started feeling like, and I, and make sure I'm stressing consistency. I'm not stressing just a year and a half. Um, it's like yeah, da- it's, it's it's almost daily, isn't it? It's pr- it's probably almost daily. Mate, you have to do, you have to be doing. Yeah, so in that case, which advice would you 
your laptop all day. Start the loop, yeah? And when you don't feel creative, yeah, have a break, go to your phone, read a book, whatever. But you do that for about 15, 20 minutes. Then that you've had a little break there. And then go back to it, yeah? But it's key that you do not give up because you have to feel uncomfortable for you to then reach another level of comfort, uh, comfortability, yeah? So that's my advice. I'd say for you, you need to make sure that even when you don't feel like doing it and you've got a day put aside, you can try and create a loop. Okay, it's not working. I'll go on a break on my phone for 20 minutes. Okay, cool. All right, then I'll go back on my laptop. Yeah. Then keep that going. And that's what I do when I feel stuck on those days. Even on a good day, really, I, I, I make sure I have my breaks. Because when you go back to it, your ears have had a rest. And if you listen to it and then you hear things that you may have not heard from listening to that same loop for about two hours going around and around, you know what I mean? Mm. So that's what I'd say. I hope, I hope that helps. Yeah, I think as well is the fact that you've got a good relationship with producers like Ants is building genuine relationships with other like-minded producers or maybe yeah. even producers that are a bit more experienced. Wait, wait, wait. Here's another one as well. This is so, oh my gosh, why did I not think of this? I have about, um, yeah, no worries, mate, um, but I have two I have two group chats um, with producers in. I've got one group chat that started years ago there's me, Rossi, Sukasa, we're all in that chat. And we don't send as much music in there as much as we used to, but when we were starting off, we were sending our tracks in there and we'd say what we didn't like and what we did like. So if you've got producers just like you that are trying to work through or whatever, I recommend you create that group chat because people can be honest. Uh, some, yeah, people can be honest inside that chat, but there's no judgment because everyone knows where they're at. So try to get people that are like-minded with you make a group chat and send your tracks in there because i swear to you those are the those are the hardest people to please and when they say that they like your music that really really helps yeah not, like i said it's, it's for them to tell you the bad stuff because if they keep telling you the track's good you're not going to progress it, it, it's a chat for them to tell you what's bad yeah it's true man i think as, as well is it's important for each individual artist to find their operating rhythm is it like, for instance, like Fleur might not go into the studio for like a week, but then she'll have two days where literally from like first thing in the morning till late at night, she doesn't leave. And I think that every artist is different and it's important to find your own operating rhythm. But I also do respect the point that you made where it's like with any job that you do in life, if you want to see progression, there'll be days where you wake up and like, I might not want to go to the office and do my nine to five job and I want to be doing music full time. But it's like, when you've got bills to pay and you've got other things to do you've got to ask yourself like how much do you really want it like when you finish your nine to five job are you just going to go home are you going to be lazy because it goes without saying if you're not if you're not dedicating that time making the sacrifices you, you you're not gonna see the progression it, it yeah. it's something that you think yeah it, it goes without saying but actually people do need to be told like are you willing to work late at night like are yeah. you willing to sacrifice you know, like maybe not going to family occasions or or holidays and things like that. Are you willing to 
the thing is as well, investing financially is a big thing, man. Like there's, there's so many people I come across who say, haven't got the money for that. And I'm like, bro, I've just, I've just, I've just seen you in Selfridges buying like a fucking 400 pound pair of trainers. And then you're telling me you don't have the money. Like that's where you see the people who are really serious and who aren't. but I think as well is as well as surrounding yourself with like like-minded producers I think it's really important that you move in in positive circles as well because you can be like with like-minded producers yes, but I yeah. think if 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 you're surrounded by like negative mentality or negative mindsets and, and I totally understand that you know we, we all we all we all have our off days and you know people you know don't feel as motivated but you know I think I think someone said is um you're you're like a product of like what you surround yourself with. So I've noticed it in the past. Yeah, you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. to be honest we've we've discussed a lot of decent topics there bro so yeah but no um i'm sure hopefully as soon as this blows over um me you and melvin will uh link up and obviously the the, re- the rest of the crew as well and it'd be uh yeah, for sure. good to get you to birmingham as well man
playing in Newcastle when it blows over. Um, I'll be going back to Leeds. Um, I've had Liverpool inquiry. I don't know about a, a Liverpool yet, but that's an inquiry. Um, just random places as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. I really, really am. Like, I like had inquiry from Brazil. Like, Mad. Like, 